Simon, welcome uh, to this podcast. It's, it's good to see you and congratulations on the UAC's role, which you'll start in September. I think you and I are supposed to have a little discussion now as current chair and chair-elect. So the first thing I was going to ask you was what do you think will be the challenges of the role moving forward? Uh, it's a bit odd because uh, you and I have known each other since uh, our days as doctoral students. Uh, we met through UASIS actually, Belfast I seem to recall. I thought it was Budapest but you, you're you sure it was Belfast? One of the two. But anyway, okay. back in the, the distant past of the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. For me, I think that one of the real challenges for UASIS as an organisation is about relevance. Um, European studies is one of these very odd kinds of areas. It's, it's not even a discipline because it's got so much in it. And, you know, that's one of the things I've always loved about going to UASIS events has been just the range of disciplines from political science through to law, sociology, the old economist, and I use that advisedly. Uh, you know, it's a real mix. But I, I think you know, there's a challenge that, on the one hand, Brexit's been great for raising the profile of math things European, but as the kind of uh, narrative of Brexit being done uh, percolates through, I think sometimes there's a feeling or a worry that we don't need to worry about the EU or European studies more generally because somehow Europe disappears from the, uh, the view or the interests of the UK. So one of the things I'm really keen to do is to make sure that that is not something that undermines the work of the association. Not least because uh, more than half our members actually aren't based in the UK, uh, and many of those who are are not UK nationals. So I think there's a, a great community in the UK. I think it's probably actually one of the strongest European studies communities anywhere in the world. It's got a great network, and it's about keeping the relevance high for members, for other academics, uh, and also for other practitioners, politicians, the media, the public. So I think it's about thinking about that changing situation and how we uh, make that go. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, you know one of the great strengths of UACs is this wonderful kind of multidisciplinarity, interdisciplinarity. Something I think you know we need to hold on to because it's uh, something that sets us apart. I think quite distinctly from another, you know, from a number of rival associations. Yeah, you mentioned Brexit. I mean, that's been quite a challenge for you and me, I think, because we've both been working for many, many years on the topic of Euroscepticism. I think, you know, emotionally, I think I still haven't really come to terms with Brexit. I've found that quite a challenge. And I found it, you know, more and more difficult to carry on researching Euroscepticism. I don't know how you found it. What's your kind of uh, situation been around Brexit and carrying on with your kind of research agenda? similar kind of thing it's odd because I think one of the things that I came to relatively early on in terms of studying Euroscepticism was that you know that one of the things that interests me was that other academics were very sniffy about it you know that these people are stupid or just wrong and if we just educated them you know it'd go away and so there was always a kind of debate uh, at that point about, you know, was this just a, a passing thing? You know, well, we don't need to worry about it because it's just people adjusting to new realities and once they see how good it is for them, it'll be fine. Or it will never amount to anything. But, you know, it was always clear that there was that potential for it to just keep on building and building. And I think even, you know, five years before the referendum, I was 
talking about that danger that if you just continue to ignore it or malign it or uh, any of those kinds of things that then you're going to have a big problem so when it wasn't the outcome of the referendum that I expected but at the same time I wasn't so shocked and actually I had you kind of in that sense I've made my peace with it uh, as it happened and I think for me actually the, the thing that I found much more difficult is that nobody has really understood what the consequence of that decision has been you know it's I spent five years talking about you know we have a decision but we don't have a rationale for it you know what what's the point of leaving the EU um, you know what's it say about what role the UK wants in the world let alone in Europe what kind of society does the UK wants to, to be and I think still that's that's going to be an issue throughout uh, the next decade or more as people try and find their way to that. So again, it comes back to what Oasis uh, can bring. As part of that is about understanding, improving understanding of how the EU works, how it will matter, even though the UK is not a member. And yeah, you know, I, I, my sympathies to you actually that you know you've had three quite tumultuous years as chair. Uh, dealing with this so in one sense I've missed some of the worst but at the same time precisely because it's not quite so overtly up there in the agenda uh, maybe it's less of an issue. So one of the things obviously that uh, is interesting to me is uh, what does this job look like from the inside so whilst I've done various uh, jobs before for Oasis not least uh, as treasurer uh, a few years ago being chair is quite a particular role so what have you taken away from it? What, what do you think has been the, the key priority for you? Challenges, opportunities, things like that? It's been quite a, a challenging three years, as you can imagine. Um, we've obviously had to face the consequences of the pandemic, which has meant that you know much of what we do has been online in the virtual community. And that's posed problems, I think. You know, I think the UAC's office has done a wonderful job trying to keep the, you know, the flame of European studies alive during the pandemic. But we've not been able to have that kind of wonderful networking that UAC's is uh, famous for. And so we've got our second virtual conference on the bounce. And I'm really hoping that your first annual conference will be face-to-face next year in Lille. Rather, I'm that too. Rather than a, another virtual one. You know, I think we've managed to do um, a number of important things. I think the thing I'm most uh, proud of, if that's the right word, is that we do now have the equality, diversity and inclusion policy uh, more or less good to go. And thanks to everyone who's been involved in that. But there are things that we've not been able to do. And there'll be plenty of things, I think, for you to get your teeth into. I think you're right about Brexit. I'm hoping that, you know, Brexit will slow down as a, as a topic and that we can kind of move on and not necessarily just be, you know, focusing on that. I also think there are problems, challenges ahead with um, things like open access, which, you know, you're fully aware of. The business model of UACs may well have to change moving forward. So there are a number of important things that you'll be faced with. But the day-to-day job, you know, it's, it's, it's a good job to do. The backup, the support from the UAC's colleagues is fabulous. And, you know, we are, I still think, the friendly network. We have a great reputation for that. The, the way we look after our community is really, really important. And I think the sooner we get back to something more like normality, 
the sooner we can kick on to the next phase. I, I think you know, one of the things in that is that you know I'm just very aware that both you and I have come up through all the kind of stages of UASIS from being doctoral students to early career researchers to kind of working through the, the different levels. And uh, again, I think that's been one of the, the real hallmarks of UASIS as an association is that it has provided useful work for uh, or opportunities for me and for colleagues uh, throughout my professional development. So if I just think, you know, we set up a research network on Euroscepticism back in 2011, 2011, something like that. I seem to remember the Cambridge conference where we had something like 10 or 11 panels. So I didn't see anything of Cambridge, which is fine. But, you know, just the, the convening power that uh, is possible, the network, and that network, you know, even though we nominally only ran that until 2014, still the, the people that we uh, met through that, we've worked together, has been really productive in, in all kinds of senses. So I think there is a real uh, value in that. And as you said, it's a very friendly uh, group. It's always a pleasure to go to conferences. And, you know, one of the things I, I really miss about uh, the online space is that you know you don't have that opportunity to go and socialize with colleagues see new places discover which bar it is you know about uh, since that always seems to be a hallmark of conferences that i go to with you is that it doesn't matter where we are in the world you've either been to a bar uh, or you've heard of a bar which always turns to be turns out to be slightly further than you think uh, it is uh, from wherever we are well, and you should get lost as well we do indeed. I'm not sure I've always necessarily been to the bar, but I've done my kind of research up front, so hopefully I know where it is, but I don't always uh, have the logistical skills to locate it. Okay, so a, a very good scholar. So indeed. Theoretically indeed. informed, but practically uh, less so. Exactly. <laughs> Going back to what you said about the research networks, I think, you know, I think we do have uh, an excellent um, portfolio of research networks, both historically and um, currently. And I think that's an area, you know, UAC should be looking to develop further. Um, probably one thing I would regret is that we haven't pushed a little bit more on developing what we can do with the research networks. But uh, I'll probably use the pandemic as a little bit of an excuse for not getting that ball rolling quite as fast as we would have liked to. So what, what would have been your favourite conference then in all the time we've been doing this UAC stuff? It's tricky, you asked me about this before uh, we started this recording and still I'm kind of very torn. I, th I think... It sounds a bit self-serving to say that I've enjoyed all of them. But actually, I think all of the conferences that we've had have been really amazing experiences. You know, I, I remember going down the Danube on the, the crystal boat in uh, Passau, uh, which was pretty incredible. Uh, great time in Bruges. Just, yeah, I think all of them have brought something and just some really, partly the, the locations, but also actually much more the, the conversations and debates and not just the... The plenaries and the, the panels that we have but all that side conversation that goes on and certainly any number of uh, projects have uh, come to life in a chat in a corridor over a cup of tea uh, in the break so uh, yeah for me I think that that range of opportunities has been really useful and constructive in what I do and I, I get the impression that a lot of people find that so you know, the more we can kind of uh, build on that, the more we can demonstrate the value to members, uh, how UASIS can give them those kind of things, I think it's uh, all to the good. So, yeah, I think, you know, whilst the, the pandemic has been uh, 
a big disruption. I think it's also raised some really useful uh, opportunities to reflect on different ways that we can do things. And I think there's some really good stuff coming down the pipeline that uh, you know we can build on uh, and make the most of. Um, you know, one of the things I've actually found really good about the past year and uh, a half has been the opportunity to talk to people who I might only see at conferences so actually having a bit more regular contact with people yeah. a bit more distant because you know online meetings uh, facilitate that so yes whilst online can be a bit dull if you're spending all day every day on it I think it still just does allow for a degree of networking that's there but you know, coming back to that developmental side I think I'm also aware that as uh, more seasoned slash mature slash old uh, individuals we already have networks so we know people and it's easy to, to reach out to them I think for those who are just starting out that's more difficult and so wanting to think about ways that we can uh, help bring people in give them the opportunity to to build their networks I think is going to be really important absolutely I think we've got you know we do have an excellent graduate forum um, and we need to continue to see that that evolves um, you know it has done over the last few years and I think that's something that's crucial to the future of the network I noticed that you didn't really answer my question about the favourite conference, um, <laughs> which made me think about the one in Bruges, because I know that you uh, did your master's, is that right, at the College of Europe? Did my master's there, yeah. And I remember a couple of times you trying to give me directions back to my hotel. Um, and I found out, I think, recently when I went to Bruges with my family, that all that time the directions you gave me, whether you gave them intentionally, I don't know, were not the most direct ones, so it was about two or three minutes away from where you were directing it. But it seemed to take me half an hour. So was that me or was, was that you? I'm not going to, to drop you in it, but uh, given historic experience of a variety of locations, it was you. Okay, I'll take that one on the chin then. You mentioned earlier on about, you know, UACs having a wider relevance beyond just the academic community um, in terms of networking, practitioners, that kind of thing. And I wondered whether you could just elaborate a little bit more about what your vision would be for that because it's something that you know I've tried to develop while chair but it's not always been particularly straightforward. No, it's, it's a challenge. I, I think one of the things that the last few years has really underlined for me is that academia can't be just for academia's own sake. So it's also of wider social relevance. You know, we research not just to publish and to, to make our line managers happy and ref managers happy. Um, but because it's actually something that helps people to understand the world around them and to hopefully make that world work uh, better. Um, and we've seen that, you know, we've seen that with COVID, the, the role that science has had to play in that. We've saw it during the Brexit debates, but we've seen it in lots of other areas as well. And so one of the things I'm keen to do is to try and think of ways, work on ways that we can take ourselves out of just talking to each other and talking more to uh, people like civil servants, to politicians, to journalists, to businesses, civil society. I think for all of them, there, there is potential there, whether that's directly or through uh, online materials. For me, that's been a thought, still working through how that might work most usefully for, for all involved. But you know, it just takes me back to one thing that I did for Oasis, which was being invited to talk in Brussels. Uh, which was a, a seminar series that uh, was organised years ago. And uh, Oasis uh, kindly paid me to go to Brussels to give a talk uh, about my research. 
and I invited you along because I'm a nice guy like that. So, you know, there we had an audience of uh, European officials. Actually, I think they asked us both to present together, but maybe it may have been too busy. I think it was just me. Okay. But uh, if, if it makes you feel better that it was you as well, we'll say that. Anyway, so you'll remember that. You know, we had a really good audience. You know, we had uh, 40 or 50 people from uh, the Brussels community uh, listening to talking actually about you know, the consequences of uh, Euroscepticism and how we might deal with that. And I think you know, that was actually a, a very good way of plugging into that kind of community. Of course, it's also memorable because it's uh, the occasion of you uh, getting a bit confused about which coat was yours, which we only Sorry. discovered as we got to Eurostar. So maybe just as a final thought, if you had uh, one piece of advice for me, what would it be? Um, I think just generally my advice would be to act in the way that you would normally act, you know, just to be yourself. UACs is a fantastic community, an absolutely fantastic community. I believe the relevance of European studies, uh, if anything, is, is more relevant than it was a decade ago. It's not going out of fashion. Um, we may sometimes feel in the UK that it's going out of fashion, but there's so much to say um, about the future of Europe, the direction it's going, what's going to happen in terms of the evolution of the European Union, where the UK fits in. Um, you've got lots to navigate there, I think. Because, you know, we are a UK-based membership association and we need to keep reaching out to our European members and to our global members. And I'm pleased, actually, that we have increased, I think, the number of global members from beyond Europe who are um, taking part in the UAC's community. So that might be an area that we could continue to push on. But I have no doubt, Simon, that you'll do an excellent job in the role as chair. Um, I hope that you don't get faced with some of the kind of challenges that I've had to face logistically over the last three years. Um, But even if you do, I'm sure that with the backup of the wonderful UAC's office, you will navigate a very successful path and ensure that the future of the association remains very bright. Thank you very much and thank you for all the work that you've done over the past three years. I know it wasn't the three years that you thought you were going to have at all but it's really appreciated by me and by uh, members uh, who I talk to regularly who just you know say that they've really seen some great leadership and some great developments and uh, yeah I look forward to to picking up uh, where you've left off and continue to make it work. Thank you Simon thanks for your kind words and uh, thanks for everything that you've ever done for UACs because I think you know it's a very long list of things including being um, treasure and I hope to see you and keep in touch in the future. Yeah.